Now you're very welcome along to this episode of the RTE Rugby Podcast. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Ireland and Leinster prop Tyg for a long to talk about the Tackle Your Feelings Schools programme. Tyg, thanks for joining us on the pod. Hey, no bother. Thanks for having me. You're into the second down week of the this World Cup training block at the moment. I, I don't call it a rest week. I've been under strict instruction. We were talking to some players over the last couple of weeks. It is certainly not a rest week. There's a lot of a lot of training on your own to be done. How are you getting? On, how are you getting on with that? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I suppose we're just at the start of the week here now. So um, no, it's been running fairly smooth. Two weeks on, I made a, a down week. Obviously, you have to t- keep tipping away yourself. Um, but I suppose it's a, away from you know the mental stress of meetings or viewing. You just have to get a bit of work done yourself, but also mentally fresh up uh, because we're coming back in and we have a. A game week. Um, this time next week, it'll be looking into Italy at the weekend. You know, those, as you said, like it's it's as much a mental refresher as it is, as it is a physical refresher. This is like this isn't your first rodeo, World Cup wise. Like, would you find that having the the mental training is almost as as draining as the physical stuff in these preseason World Cup campaigns? Uh, yeah, and I suppose it's it's half designed for that as well when you're under fatigue um, and, and blown a bit, can you still execute the skill? And um, We've done a lot of work on that this preseason. I remember during the Six Nations, it was almost a, a running joke between ourselves and the media about any time something went wrong, whether it was last minute injuries, how much Andy Farrell was talking about how how much he enjoyed it and he was welcoming all this chaos. I mean, are you preparing for him to just do anything on a random morning to before training to see what see how you react or see what he might throw at you? He hasn't thrown a whole lot at us in terms of out there stuff, really, but it's a lot about just trying to control your own uh, head, control your own emotions, uh, trying to get as much out as you can. And no matter what's after happening beforehand, and as well, even looking at or listening to a lot of Limerick lads yesterday after. Um, you know, the fourth hard line in a row is very impressive, but they, they talk about a lot of the similar things, don't they? Sticking to the process, believing it, next man up, etc. So, um, you know, it's it's something that we're not perfect at by any manner of means, but something we work hard at. Would they be a team you would look at at the moment as kind of the a prime example of a team that are able to do it with the, the pressure on them and all the expectation there? And, and even yesterday, things weren't going right for. 45 odd minutes and then all of a sudden they just stuck at it and eventually things work yeah look there wouldn't be a case study or anything like that in terms of camp but um, I suppose when you listen to their players speak you can it's not they're not just thrown out the lines for the crack of it you can tell that they believe in it very similar to the the Dublin team and when they went through a successful period also you look at that Kilkenny team um, the last four in a row team as well so um, a lot of those teams you hear um, they talk about the same thing and I, I guess it's kind of boring looking in or, or hearing from the outside and you're looking for the secret sauce but the secret sauce is sometimes the players buy in and the belief in what they're at Yeah, and I, like I suppose the flip side is if we're talking about the secret sauce and teams that are doing well from an Ireland point of view anyway things couldn't really be much better than, than they have been for the last 12 months results wise anyway Yeah, but look yeah, of course we've gone well, you know what I mean? Of course we had some big wins. Obviously the Grand Slam was was class and um 
you know, something we work very hard for. But every time you go out and you have that expectation on you, you got to prove it all over again. And, um, you know, I think the lads are, are really, really grounded, working really, really hard um, because we know what's in front of us and the opportunity that's in front of us. Do you enjoy being a team that others are chasing or a team that, you know, might potentially have a, a target on your back or, you know, being that, having that pressure of being in a team that is expected to win? Um, do you enjoy it or not? I don't know. Um, I think you just have to understand it um, and then just try to play as well as you can and, and be honest and, and be true to the lads you're playing with and management, the staff, and, and understand that you have to keep getting better and you, you have to want to get better and um, that's something we're always trying to do and, and trying to like the perfect game or you know it doesn't exist really um, you look back at any game and even if you win and you have a really good win there's always areas you want to improve and I think that's sometimes the crux of being a professional um, sports person is you want everyone to be perfect but it's not always going to be like that but it's trying to get it as perfect as you can and the want and the the chase of that is is where you find real growth. In terms of the, the warm-up games then coming up, Italy first up and then England and Samoa, how much do you just kind of want to get back out there and start getting things going again? Because it's almost a step-by-step towards a World Cup where it's the, the pre-season block and then the, the warm-ups arrive and you're just one step closer to, to getting towards the tournament. Yeah, and look, even the, the four weeks we have been in camp, um, we, we'd look at training or put the expectation on ourselves from training the same you would as in a test match week. So I think there's a realisation when we come back into camp, we have a very busy period. We have Italy first up, we're off to Portugal for a week, then we have England and then we have Samoa. So it, it's... It's going to happen real quick and it's going to get serious real quick as well. And um, with that, you know, you want to hit the ground running. And one of the challenges facing you, obviously, is Johnny's suspended for those World Cup warm-up games. Um, If I could just get your, your general thoughts on disappointed for him not to be able to play those games and missing out on a an Aviva Stadium farewell in front of some home fans. And also, how confident you are that when he is back in September, first game of the World Cup, that, you know, he's the Ireland captain, he's going to hit the ground running. Yeah, look, of course, on a personal level, I'm, I'm disappointed for Johnny um, in terms of missing, you know, maybe a last game in the Viva, but, you know, he's played a lot of games. He's he's very experienced. Um, in terms of him hitting the ground running, um, you know, he's played so much rugby. He's training really well. Um, the way you set up training, you'd, you'd hope it's as, as competitive as a game, really. So he's going to get a good block in there. Um, I know he's had a, you know, a fair while out, you know, through injury, but sometimes that's good. You know what I mean? You can come back fresh, mentally fresh. Your body's in, you're feeling like a million dollars, you know, and, um, you know, the experience he has and, and the way he can lead himself, you know, I wouldn't um, down for a second. In terms of your own injury situation, then last season, it, like it was just, it was a disrupted season for you. It was it was stop start and on off? Where are you, first of all, with the 
calf slash ankle at the moment? Is is everything okay at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I had a um how would you say it? A mixed first two weeks, not in terms of an injury front, but I was coming back after an injury I carried into the European Cup final. Um, so I was kind of leg kind of in half in rehab camp, half in training camp. But the last two weeks there, I was fully back in with the team. So, um, yeah, I feel good. Um, obviously, in preseason you tend to feel good anyway because um, you're not playing. There's not a whole lot of contact to ding you up. Um, so yeah, um, at the minute, touch wood, I'm, I'm fit and ready to go. Well, it like in terms of last season, was it just one of those injuries where it was just constantly following you around? Where you might have thought you were getting towards the end of something or getting back, and something would just get a bit of a bit of a niggle and set you back again. Yeah, yeah, I came in. I had a good few issues around um, calf, ankle, and then we kind of cleared up all those. Um, I came back in midway through the Six Nations, and. Then I had a completely different one at the end of the season. So it's just one of those things. If sometimes it feels like you're playing whack a mole at times, but it's the job we do. It's it's just the way it is. Um I've been very fortunate in my career not to have a a big injury, like an a blowout an ACL or um, you know, require surgery on one of your, I suppose, major joints. Um so sometimes it's just a price you play, you get a few niggly ones that hang around. Yeah, and it, like they are tricky those to to manage. I remember speaking to Ian Henderson last season, for example, and he said he's he's had a couple of big, big injuries down in his career, and he had a season like last year and the year before where it just felt like he was getting in for a couple of weeks and something would stop him, and then as soon as the momentum was coming back, something else would, would stop him again after that. Like those, while they're not leaving you you know, lying in a chair for, for weeks on end or not being able to walk or on crutches, they are things that are difficult to manage mentally and physically. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and look, the, the S&C lads, the physio staff are, you know, they're incredible in us in, in both environments and, um, you know, there's, there's science behind it. You know, and you can get up and running, but, um, you know, it's the load on load on load and how it steps up and, um, you know, you get, I suppose, robust, they call it from, you know, training week in, week out, playing games week in, week out. And sometimes it's just hard to break the cycle. Um, and I suppose our problem is you're trying to ramp up, you're trying to get ready for a game because it's an important game and you want to play and you want to maybe back a week before that. So, um, you know, there's always a target to hit, really. And, and and you want to make it. Um, in terms of the mental side, uh, yeah, but probably you have to accept it yourself. You know what I mean? You can beat yourself up about these things or missing about missing this game or that game, and um, it's just the way it is. You just try to get the most out of your rehab times you can and, and work on your body and and get strong um, for the injury prevention. The, the reassurance from the Irish fans' point of view, maybe not so much for your point of view, was that the, maybe a couple of years ago, one of the big questions around this Irish team was, you're obviously a very, very important player. What happens if Ty Furlong isn't around? We did see in the Six Nations that Finley Bielham and, and Tom O'Toole were both well capable of of filling in those jerseys and putting in some great performances. Like Finley was in Team of the Championship. Tom put in some big performances off the bench as well. Like there's... 
it must be very pleasing at the moment with the level of depth you feel you have. Yeah, like it's no surprise. I don't think it's it's any surprise for not just me, but anyone in the squad to see the boys doing well. And um, you know, they put a lot of work into it, they train very hard and and, and sometimes it, it takes one or two moments um or big moments to say, you know, that player's playing unbelievably well. But the nuts and bolts of the boys are, you know, incredible and the way they work on it is incredible. So um, I don't think it's a surprise to see either of the boys doing really well. To back on what I said earlier on, obviously, like this isn't your your first World Cup. What do you what do you feel you've learned from when you were going in as going in as a pup in twenty fifteen and then twenty nineteen a more established player and now to twenty twenty three when you're one of the very much one of the senior players in the group? What kind of things to do, things not to do have you learned over those those three World Cup campaigns or down the years? Um, you know, 2015 and 2019 were totally different experiences, obviously, because 2015 I was covering Loosehead and Hooker or and Tiehead. Um, I was very new to international scene. Um, so I'd like to think in 2019 and, and hopefully I've selected for this one that, you know, I'd have, I'd know, just a better understanding of how it all works international rugby wise. And I suppose that comes with experience. Um, but the biggest thing is you've got to enjoy it you know you have to enjoy it for what it is you have to embrace the pressure of it um, and you need to be able to switch off when you switch off because it can be all consuming if you let it be um, so it's just trying to get you know when I'm playing with Ireland and Leinster I can get down to Wexford here I can see grass I can see family um, and you know and that's me relaxing that's me letting you know rugby's gone I can I can chill out but when you work up, you don't have that. You're you're in boarding school, um, with <laughs> leaving cert every day, nearly, um, at the World Cup, and it's just being able to to find those windows to to get away from rugby and to chill out. Some of the players last week were saying like they, some people will meet up in groups of two and three and do their bit of training this week. Uh, what's what's your kind of plan? Are you are you get up early in the morning and get it done yourself or? Is it? Are you more later in the afternoon? What's your kind of? What's the schedule that suits you this week? No, I'll get up early and go. Um, yeah. Get a bit of food in, have a coffee, uh, and go then. And then I don't like stuff hanging over me all day. I've been early riser anyway, um, but I don't like that stuff hanging hanging over me. I'd like to get out and have a good clean run at today to say that. <laughs> to go back on the experience. As I said, you're one of the more experienced in there. I think I was counted about 22, I think, of the 42 in, in the squad. For them, this is the first World Cup camp training campaign. And I think it was Jimmy O'Brien actually was one of the players we were speaking to last week. And he was saying, like, it is it is something you have to get used to where initially those players are coming in for a week before a game into an international camp, be it a Six Nations campaign or an Autumn Nation series. But this is a big block and a big chunk of of your actual preseason and the and the hard work before the campaign preparing for for one specific tournament is is that something you found like is that an important thing to differentiate between the way a normal international campaign goes? Yeah, and we we'll get look, we're pretty much on the road now when we come back in until the World Cup, so we're getting good experience there. Um, obviously we're playing warm up games. We're in Portugal, we're in France. Um, we're back home for two internationals so we're, we're kind of we're in the bubble now 
pretty much until we leave. So hopefully we gain um, a good understanding. We'll sort of sort out our flow of the week, how to get away um, in terms of mentally, some of the activities we can do as a squad to keep it fresh. Um, so I think everyone's looking forward to it. I think there'll be a lot of learning in the kind of next four-week block for us. Has there been much look at the opposition yet? Or is it is that still very much a kind of a casual phase of just keeping tabs on other teams? Yeah, keeping tabs. Obviously, um, the championship is running down the Southern Hemisphere. So you're watching that anyway, just as a, a rugby fan, as much as everything, you know, there's certain trends in the game that have really kicked on since, I suppose, the Six Nations start. Like the Rook is so hotly contended now. Um so it's just having um not specific on teams, but having an understanding where the game is going, you know, kind of what's hot, what's not in the game, and and you know, not doing necessarily as a team, but taking individual ownership and practicing those skills that you need to practice um to stay with it. And the magnifying glass, so to speak, will come out way closer to the tournament on the opposition then, is it? Well, I presume so. Yeah. Again, look, we've plenty of stuff that we need to work on. Um, plenty of plenty of potential left in the tank for us. I think that we're trying to chase down. So, um, once you get into game week, yeah, of course you'd be narrowing the focus. And one final thing I wanted to to bring up. I, I meant to say it earlier. Looking back on last season, and you spoke about it at times it was a bit frustrating, but there was well, there were plenty of good moments. But one in particular, captaining Ireland back in back in November for the first time. I remember we were out in Abbottstown the week of it and look, you were joking, obviously there were so many injuries in the in the group that you were the only one left to to take it on. But all jokes aside, it must have been a it must have been a wonderful experience and a and a real honor for yourself. Yeah, surreal. Um it is surreal and um but like what an honor, you know what I mean? Um I don't think a whole lot of people get to say it and it's something that no one will ever take away from you. Um, which you know I'm, I'm very proud of as a family did you did you make a point at the time of kind of soaking in the day and kind of reminding yourself not to let it pass you by almost a small bit you know you lead the team out or uh, when you're playing the game it's you know you're just playing the game um, trying to do your thing or whatever but um, afterwards yeah it's you know, the phone goes hot and it goes mental and um it's cool. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a cool thing. So have you have you given Andy a nudge and said, look, Johnny's obviously moving on now in a in a couple of months' time. That's you know, I've done a pretty good job first go. I should be no, getting No man, I'd want to have a neck. I'd want to have some <laughs> neck to be going around like that. Um but to be honest with you, it's not something it's not something I chased down. I think I've spoken before of I think it's relatively practical to have a prop as captain. Um, uh, being realistic because you don't play the 80 minutes um, your relationship with the referee um, in terms of scrum time etc um, so I don't know it's something that I haven't really put a massive amount of thought into to be honest yeah. well listen we'll, we'll wait and see stranger things have happened uh, Tyg it's been a pleasure speaking to you for the Tackle Your Feelings school programme and enjoy the rest of this down week and whatever comes of the World Cup campaign no matter. Thank you very much.